Hey, sweet sister friend, welcome back to the Shine with Brainy show. I am so glad you are here. All right, so y'all know that I am on a mission to help people get healthier, stronger, more confident using God's word. But ultimately, y'all, health, strength, and confidence all come under the umbrella of freedom. When you are free and you know who you are in Christ and you don't live under sin and condemnation and any guilt or worry and anxiety, when you know who you are, you know that you are God's daughter, you know your identity, and you know who God is and how much he loves you and how much he desires to give you all good things, you can walk fully and freely. And then, of course, you can walk in health and wholeness. Then you can be strong and you can strengthen others. And then you can be confident to be courageous and go out and take action and do things. You might be like, who is this person? Where did she come from? But it's because you know who you are in Christ. You know how much he loves you. You're like, you know what? So what if I fail? God loves me. You know what? So what if I put myself out there and I don't get go on a date? It's okay. I don't seek my accolades. I don't seek any kind of affirmation from the world, but from the Lord. And so that is something that I think is really powerful. And it's kind of the overarching theme of this entire show is walking in freedom. And we walk in freedom. And then of course that brings health and strength and courage, confidence. So today we're going to unpack because of the freedom, today we're going to unpack three F words. Don't worry, y'all. If you're listening to this in the car, you do not turn off. They are G-rated. <laughs> but three F words that can lead to freedom from toxic patterns. So even though on this show we typically address health, you know, the physical health, but it, we know that that all starts in the soul. If you didn't listen to the most recent episode, hop back on over to that. You'll definitely want to dive in because, again, the bandit on the bullet wound. You can try keto. You can try beach body. You can try orange theory and all the things. But if you never get to the underlying issue of what's going on and why you might be gaining 10 pounds every Christmas season, okay, and those cycles and patterns and, you know, stressful times and all the things, then you need to go ahead and back and listen to that episode. And that's where it all starts. So we're going to unpack those three ways, those three words, if you will, that lead to freedom. And the toxic patterns are not exclusive to your physical health. Now, ultimately they are because like, let's just say that you have like retail therapy. Okay. Like that's like the thing you're struggling with, or perhaps maybe it's, you know, drinking too much wine on Fridays or Saturdays or whatever. Oftentimes those do impact your physical health. Now, a lot more so do they impact your soul health, which is your emotional health, you know, the way you think about things, your relationships, what people might be saying about you, how much strife it might cause, you know, on the work, on your job and in your home, if you've got this major debt and all the things. So ultimately, though, these words can be used to help break free from any kind of toxic pattern, not exclusively to your sugar addiction or your sweet tooth or, you know, your breakup with little Debbie. Okay. I don't know. Do you even sell little Debbie anymore? I think they do. All right. So y'all know my story and, you know, literally as a result of childhood trauma and abuse that I developed an eating disorder. I was a huge binge eater, no pun intended there, but I would take food into my room and I would literally just binge out on Oreos and pizza and Cheetos and Lay's and Doritos and whatever it was. Now I typically have a sweet tooth. However, it was pretty much, I was an equal opportunity eater. And I oftentimes did it in my room because that was like my little safe haven. People couldn't necessarily find me. I would hide bags under my bed. I would hide food all the time. Um, sadly enough, when I would go to my dad's house, he would empty out my bag and take anything from me. Um, so that was always a fear, you know, around that. So I have been known to hoard food previously and have stockpiles of food. Even though I'm a single person, I had no problem doing the BOGO like times four because I was like, well, I better just have it just on hand just in case because there was so much trauma around that from a young girl. 
And then of course that binge eating, you may have heard my story a thousand times over, but it led to a number of other toxic behaviors. And all this is going to set up why, what we're talking about today. So, you know, of course that led to excessive drinking and promiscuity and through college. And then of course, even into good things like exercise and church and those though became extreme, you know, some things are, are good for us, right? And they're not sinful, but yet they become substitutes or replacements for our connection with God. And we then become, we, we then make them idols, right? And we become so attached to them that we can't even fathom the idea of not having those things in our lives. So that just kind of sets the foundation here for where we're going to go. Because in order for me to share with you the three words that can lead to the freedom from toxic patterns and behaviors, you have to say, okay, well, what are those things? Like where might I might be able to identify those? So over the years, the Lord has revealed so many things to me, you guys. And so today I'm going to share three revelations that again, I think no matter what you might be struggling with, this will relate. The first one, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to do so, is that he literally sat me down and was like, girl, you're craving intimacy. <laughs> and I was like, um, yes, because you've never given me a husband yet. Like I was very quick to be Eve and point the blame while well, that was Adam. But I was very quick to say like, okay, yeah, well, because you haven't given me this yet. So I'm going to look for it in all the wrong places. I'm going to look for it at, you know, 1.30 closing time at a bar. I'm going to look for it, you know, at a Publix bakery. I'm going to look for it in shopping too much and getting myself into debt up to my eyeballs. Like I definitely was looking for something to fill that void. But what's so amazing, you guys, is that God creates us and he implants and imparts unto us a yearning inside of us that is only to be filled by him. And we are literally constantly, he's, he's constantly pursuing us and we're constantly looking for ways unless we know who Jesus is. We're looking for ways to fill that void. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, mine just completely just advanced with me and this fix wasn't enough. So I went to this one and this one wasn't enough. So I went to the next one and I kept on just maturing. You know, of course, when I was seven, I wasn't going to be, you know, hanging out at the bars, but let me just tell you once I was able, okay, I was closing up every night. So I was craving intimacy that only God could provide. Now, the best part about God, and I'm sure you've heard the expression, is that, you know, he's a gentleman. He will wait for you. He's going to constantly pursue you, but he will wait for you to invite him in. And it is then, oftentimes in our rock bottom moments, that we receive him. However, it's oftentimes a result of, like, literally, you know, a myriad of, myriad, pardon me, of worldly ways in which it takes us to finally break and humble ourselves and say, okay, God, you have created this divinely designed place in my heart and you want to have intimacy with me and I've looked for it in all the wrong places. And then we invite him in. And that's when true surrender happens. So that's the first one is I would ask you to ask yourself some questions around this is one, are you currently or have you previously craved intimacy? And if so, where, where have you sought it? Where have you tried to connect, if you will, with God, but not knowing it was God? You were looking in all the wrong places, if you will. So that's the first one. And then what I want you to do is ask yourself the second part of that question is, not only where were you craving it, but where was God in those moments? Now, even though I know I made a lot of really stupid choices, when I look back, I'm like, oh, praise you, Lord, that I didn't get pregnant. Praise you, Lord, that I didn't get raped. Because there were a lot of times, you guys, even once I was saved, I made some really stupid choices and did some really stupid things. And I thank the good Lord that he actually, you know, was always there 
And I'm not saying that if any of those happened to you, please hear my heart on that. Please know that that is not what I'm saying, that there was, that God was not with you, right? We know that he will just, like it tells us in Genesis 50, 20, what was meant for harm will be used for a good. We know that just like it tells us in Romans 8, 28, that he will work all things together for good for those who love him. So I want you to hear me out on that. So the second revelation that he shared with me was that I had needs that I was trying to meet, and this relates to number one, but I had needs that I was trying to meet by using the bedroom as what I should have been receiving in the living room. So I oftentimes was seeking literally promiscuous relationships because I was not getting love from my home. Now, hear me out on this because it was not just in male role models. Yes, my father and some of the males in my family were not providing for me the love of a father, but it was even, you know, my mom, God love her. She was doing the very best she could. She was a single mom raising kids. She was trying her very best, but she wasn't always the protector because she was trying to figure out her own stuff. She was trying to heal on her own, you know, a 15 year relationship gone south. And I mean, my dad took a gun to her. I mean, there was some crazy stuff that happened y'all. So she was trying to heal. So I can't blame her for that, but I was looking for a need to be met that should have been met in my home. So I was like, well, I'll go get it here. And so that was a very scary place because guess what? I oftentimes did really stupid things. And so that might be the same case for you today, sister friend, is that you might have been looking for something. So I want you to look back into your years, you know, of your own home. Perhaps you had places and spaces where you weren't protected where you didn't feel nurtured, where you didn't feel cherished or loved or seen. And you need to really look and take take a microscope to that. And I'm not saying that we move forward beyond that. And I'm going to give you those three words that we're going to help us walk through. But in order to heal those places, we have to identify what they are, right? Not everything can be changed, but nothing can be changed until you know what it is. So that's where we're starting there. So I had to even go back and like literally walk through some of the darkest days of my younger years, you know, three, four, five years old, when you're really just starting to have a memory, you know, and I've done the therapy around this, you guys, and it's hard soul work, but it is so worth it. So I encourage you to take some time today to do that, write these questions down and then go back and reflect, sit with the Holy spirit. And we're going to get to that in the three F words here in a few. All right. The last one here, sister friend, and this one's a tough pill to swallow. I'll be honest is that I abuse the freedom that God gave me. Mm. Let me say that again. I abused freedom that God gave me. So when I was kind of recovering, if you will, and healing from the guilt and the shame that I had around my three-year extramarital affair to a married man, gosh, when I was in my late 30s, some of you may have heard that episode, but in my late 30s, I was angry at God because of my orphan spirit. I felt like I had done all the things. I was, you know, the Bible study teacher. I was, you know, the middle middle school, you know, youth leader. I was all the things, right? Air quote, that a good Christian girl should be on paper. But guess what? I had this little mm -hmm, something going on the side. And so I felt like God owed me something. I felt like there was literally a checks and balance system, if you will. Like, well, God, I've served you in this way. So why haven't you given me my husband? That was a very shallow way of thinking. I will be honest, very immature way of walking in my faith and walking out my faith. It really wasn't true salvation. And ultimately, you guys, Christianity is freedom from all these things, right? It is freedom of guilt, freedom of sin. But 
I was not, I was doing the Christian things, but I was not a true Christian. I was not a woman of God. Does that make sense? And so I abused the freedom that God had given me. And I, as I was, you know, really healing from this, I was led to 1 Corinthians 6, 12 and it's sexual immorality. And I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times over. And some of you might be like right now, like, uh, I don't have that in my past. I've never had an affair, you know, whatever that is. But this relates for a number of reasons, because I'm going to read it directly from the Bible here. It says, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Verse 13, food for the stomach and stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Now, while this very specifically related to my affair, there was something that was so much deeper and it was really connecting with me because I was like, okay, stomach for the food and, you know, and I won't be mastered by anything. And I was like, well, wait, I'm mastered by Oreos, but wait, I'm still like, there were all these things that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm such a hypocrite, which the Greek word for hypocrite is actually actor. And I was, I was acting like a Christian. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to do my Bible study on Wednesdays. I'm going to go to my small group on Sunday nights. I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning, all the things. But yet what I was really doing was I was just putting it on, putting on airs. And I was abusing the freedom that God had given me. Now, some of you might be like, well, wait, (laughs) having sex with a married man is not free. Here's what it is. Sex is you're, you're free to have sex, right? Not, not out of marriage (laughs) and not with a married man. But I was angry with God. So I was abusing the freedom because just like the Corinthian church, we have to remember that they were really thinking, okay, that it's okay because we're saved, that we get to go ahead and do whatever we want. And I was using the gift of salvation of saying, okay, well, God's going to forgive me. And I walk in grace. I was using it as like my past to be like, well, I'm going to still go to heaven because I accepted Jesus in my heart. And I was literally like sleeping with the enemy though, you know, the enemy of feelings of unworthiness and low self-esteem and comparison. So whether I slept with a person or not, this is so much more metaphorical than that. Like the sexual immorality is that I was doing things with a man, right? But it also could have been just with the feelings and the emotions I had of unworthiness and low self-esteem and comparison. I was sleeping with those things. I was allowing those to infiltrate my soul. And they always left me feeling empty and abandoned and rejected every single time just like fake Velveeta cheese, right? I don't feel good after I eat that. It was the same kind of thing. Like nobody likes to eat fake chocolate or fake ice cream. I would feel so crappy after, after every single time I was with him. And every single time that I ate too, I would always walk away from the, you know, a whole box of little, little Debbie zebra cakes, like feeling crappy about myself. And God's like, when are you going to come baby girl? And when are you going to allow me to be the one that's going to fill you up? So those are the three revelations that I had. And I would invite you to ask yourself those, you know, same kinds of questions and see if, you know, the Holy Spirit reveals anything to you about your desire and craving for intimacy, maybe where the needs may not have been met in your own home that led you to then craving, you know, love outside of um, your home and where you did find them. And then how perhaps you have abused freedom. And again, don't just look at the lens through the lens, pardon me, of, um, you know, an affair. Where have you abused the freedom that God has given you? Right? Because we can remember that, you know, freedom is God gives us freedom to use anything and enjoy everything that he's made. Right? Think about the Garden of Eden. But then, of course, we also know what happened in the Garden of Eden. But Christians, we should not feel comfortable enough abusing the freedom 
if it's going to hurt ourselves or others. For example, you know, drinking too much is going to lead to alcoholism or gluttony can lead to obesity. So drinking and, and um, eating are not bad in and of themselves, but when done to excess, when we abuse that freedom, then of course we no longer have God at a Matthew six thirty three moment where he is the center of it all. Instead, we of course now have that habit that's controlling us. We are now under the enemy and we've now chosen to sleep with him metaphorically. And of course, what it tells us in first Corinthians six twelve. So the anecdote, if you will, for these three areas and for these revelations and the three F words that help can lead, excuse me, that can help lead to freedom from toxic patterns in your, you know, background. I'm going to start with the first one. Now, each of them has a noun and a verb. You're going to be like, oh, Franny, you're way nerdy. Yes, I am. But the first one is forgiveness. You need to go ahead and you need to ask the Holy Spirit. And you need to spend some time and forgive yourself. God, I for, you know, I ask, I'm forgiving myself for the times where I just, I was definitely out of your will. <laughs> I definitely made choices that were not aligned with you. You need to ask God for forgiveness. And then of course, there might be other people that you might have to ask for, for forgiveness. So that you need to go ahead and sit with the Lord on, you know, literally have some time with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Lord, are there any places where I've yet to forgive someone? Have I been able to forgive myself of these things? For far too long, I held on to it. And it wasn't until I started talking about it publicly that the enemy was like, oh, shoot, because I no longer held the shame. So when I started putting it out there, yeah, there was judgment from people. And yeah, I still, you know, I lost friends from it, but I would much rather walk in freedom and know that God loves me and know that the enemy now has no longer has control or power over me than to have had that group of friends who judged me for it. Second one is freedom. Okay, so forgiveness, now freedom. That you will be free and you will walk freely from guilt and shame and fear and worry. So if you were craving intimacy, you're like, okay, God, I ask you to set me free. I want to be free. I want to be free of, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Lord, I want to be free of the guilt and the shame and the fear that, you know, the condemnation that I have because of X, Y, and Z choices that I made. Next, sister friend, is fullness. That you know that you are walking fully and freely because of God, that you're like, okay, Lord, I am filled to overflow, that I am filled up with the spirit. And that just like it tells us here in first Corinthians, you know, it, it goes on to say that, of course, you were bought with a price. It tells us in verses 19 and 20, you are not your own Lord, that I am filled with the Holy spirit who indwells within me. So if you're looking for the noun form, we have forgiveness, freedom, and fullness. If you're looking for the verb form, you ask for forgive, well, forgive, free, and fill. Lord, forgive me. I ask you to free me of any strongholds and I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. So that's a three-part formula. You come to him asking for forgiveness. You can walk then in freedom, knowing that you've left it at the cross. It's nailed there. It's gone. And you are resurrected. Day three, think about the power of the resurrection power. And you are now filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I'm going to go and sit with my father up in heaven. And I'm going to fill you with something better. You're going to do greater things on this side of heaven. So sister friend, I pray that this blesses you. If so, please, I always love hearing from you guys. I love when you shout things out on social because 
We know that that's how we get more people, hopefully, who are listening, uh, you know, to the podcast to be able to help them make healthier choices to become healthier, stronger, more confident using God's word. So I pray this blesses you. I love hearing from you. You can email me at Franny at shinewithfranny.com or just go ahead and tag, take a little quick screenshot and then just post this in your social feed. But until next time, sweet sister friend, be blessed and keep on shining.